Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Lives, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, HD Live. This podcast is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Dr. Bonnie Hennig-Tressman on with us to recognize World Social Work Day. Um, Dr. Bonnie Hennig-Tressman, um, or Dr. Bonnie as she is known, is the director of the Carillion Clinic HD program in Roanoke, Virginia. She is also the director of special programs at HD Reach in Raleigh, North Carolina, and is the president and owner of HTA Consulting, where she has a private teletherapy practice and conducts research. She serves on the board of directors for the HDEO um, as the research committee co-chair and is co-chair of the credentials committee at the Huntington Study Group. Um, Dr. Hennig Tressman has over 30 years of expertise providing clinical service and supervision with patients and family members suffering from neurodegenerative, physical, and psychiatric illnesses. She's provided educational lectures on talking to kids about HD, as well as various HD-related topics to national and international audiences. Her book, Talking to Kids About HD, a book for people who know children with HD and their family, has been translated into five languages. Dr. Hennig, or Dr. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So today is World Social Work Day. We're actually recording on World Social Work Day. Um, So what exactly do social workers do? Yes, and thank you for recognizing that, and happy Social Work Day and Social Work Month to all the social workers out there. I think we are definitely a a unique group of people. We really do, if you think about it, help people in all stages of life. Um, we could be administrators, advocates, providing individual and family therapy. We run support groups. We do case management. We're educators. We do crisis work. And we're involved in policy making as well as a whole host of different things. And the last numbers that I had uh, access to, over 600,000 people just in the United States hold some type of social work degree. And that does include people who have bachelors as well as graduate degrees such as masters and doctorates in social work. So I think it's really great because we're in all these different types of agencies as well, different, different facilities and organizations. That could be public agencies, private businesses. We're in hospitals, clinics, and schools. We could be in nursing homes and private practice. We could be associated with police departments and courts certainly government organizations and universities. We're, we're really everywhere. So let's, let's focus in a little bit. And um, it's amazing, by the way, that, you know, you can find social workers every, everywhere now. Um, I think it's a really mm-hmm. good resource. But let's focus on HD. So what can a social mm-hmm. worker with HD knowledge and experience do to help patients? Yes, I I think that we are definitely, even though we're a unique group of people anyway in terms of social work, I think when it comes to Huntington's disease, 
it's, it's even more niche. It's, you know, very, very specialized, which I think is amazing. The other thing is when you think about it, and I'm really you know, concentrating on, on the information I am giving to you today on the United States, although you said it is World Social Work Day, you know, just to know that there are not that many people who are social workers who have that kind of knowledge and experience with people who have Huntington's disease and their families. So I think it's even nicer in terms of, you know, that the niche that we, we have. And we, you know, all those things that I mentioned before are applicable to what we do in the Huntington's disease community. So we are, again, administrators. We can be advocates. We certainly are therapists. And, uh, you know, for me specifically, doing individual family therapy, couple therapy, uh, running support groups. Uh, sometimes it is about navigating uh, a patient and the family's journey. So kind of like that case management that I was talking about. We're educators in terms of helping out in terms of the multidisciplinary teams that we work with, of letting people in the, uh, who are part of that community, the healthcare professionals, know what is going on with the family and educating people like I do with residents and fellows. Um, certainly some of the crisis work or even preventing some of the crisis going on and leading to a lot of things in terms of policymaking. We hear a lot about parity acts and the social workers who are involved with that. So I think it is all the things that I mentioned about generally what social workers do, but it's such a niche in terms of when we have this knowledge and experience. We, we form these really wonderful relationships with our patients and their families, and I think that that is um, really unique to, to what we do. We don't have a lot of opportunities to always get together, you know, the social workers who are in different centers and organizations. So, you know, when we do share information, it, it just makes the field even even brighter and more efficient in terms of the stuff that we're doing and offering support to each other as, as peers. So I think that it is really wonderful. You know, I know that over the past couple of years with the pandemic, it's been mostly online, which, which has been working, but I know, you know, hopefully once the pandemic is, uh, is over or subsiding that we will be able to get back to in-person so that we can offer support to each other as well as um, our experiences and the knowledge for each other. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that um, that it is harder um, being a, a social worker experienced with HD than it would be in other disease groups? It's a good question, Lauren. I, I think, you know, we are unique, and um, I think that it is, I don't know if it's harder. You know, certainly this is a genetic illness. So when we have these generations, these multiple generations, we don't have a cure for Huntington's disease right now. And, and like some other diseases, you know, the end point, unfortunately, is that people do die, which, which is sad. But I think that it is, we have this unique opportunity to get to know multiple generations of people, especially people like myself who have been working in this community for so long. So, you know, hard, it's hard to, to answer that. It's difficult to answer that because, Maybe it would be harder for me to be in a different type of disease or in a different type of position. But I think the, the fact that we do try to reach out to each other and to offer support and to share knowledge and, and to uh, mentor other social workers uh, so that they can have the experiences that, you know, that we have and, and live through some of those things and learn through some of those things, I don't know if I would definitely say it's difficult. I would just say it's more unique. Um, so hopefully that helps to answer that question. It does. Thank you. Um, so how would somebody go about getting a social worker's help, especially in the HD community? 
Yeah, and, and I think this is great because I, I really want people to hear this, that there are so many ways. We try to do outreach. A lot of organizations do try to do outreach, but we know from research that's done that a lot of people who are in um, families with HD don't, don't look for professional care from experts who have knowledge about Huntington's disease. So, you know, we try to go out and, and shake the bushes and see, you know, let people know that we're here. But I think it's also really helpful when people know that there are places. That could be any organization, any um, uh, center that works with people with Huntington's disease and, and their families, being able to contact any of the HDSA sites, any of the sites that are not, you know, uh, part of under the umbrella for HDSA, uh, any of these centers that, that really have some expertise in Huntington's disease typically will have a social worker affiliated. Then there are all these other organizations that we all kind of overlap and work in collaboration with, such as Help for HD. Um, you know, if I get a call from, from one of, you know, the staff at, at Help for HD to say, hey, you know, this person is um, maybe in your area, maybe not, but, you know, could really benefit from your knowledge, you know, can you pick up the phone and talk to them? Absolutely, I do. So there are other organizations, such as the one that you mentioned that I work with, HD Reach, that we do have, including myself, social workers who are on staff, and we can offer assistance to people. So we are out there, and I think it's just a question of being able to say, can I pick up the phone and be a little bit of a detective to say where maybe it starts with the closest, the local, you know, organizations, HDSA or any of the other organizations, certainly for people who are, um, have young people in their family, which for HDO we consider zero to 35 years as, as young people, picking up the phone or sending a message or an email and saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking for some support, I'm looking for some help. There are lots of organizations and they are worldwide. So a lot of these HD advocacy organizations are worldwide and that's a good place to start. Even if you don't know or think that that specific um, organization might meet all of your needs, we are so connected to each other that somebody inevitably will say, I know somebody who has some expertise in this, or I know somebody who can offer some guidance on this. And I think that that's really one of the wonderful things about this whole community is sharing all of that knowledge and, and expertise. So just picking up the phone and starting with one person and saying, I, I, I Googled and I found information about this organization, here's what's going on with me, and then being able to say, is this something that you can help with or do you know somebody who I can talk to who might be able to help me out in this situation? That's awesome. Um, and I'm going to ask you something else that just popped into my head. So with sure. the amount of knowledge that you have, Dr. Bonnie, because you've got several years in the community and you've done so many things for us, how do you pass off, eventually pass off that, you know, torch to somebody else um, and get them as involved as you are um, in regards to being a social worker in the HD community? I think it starts with passion. You know, if there are people, new social workers out there who say, I think I want to um, get involved, what, one of the things you would need to know is even if you don't have a family history, like myself, I do not have family history of, of having Huntington's in my family, once you dive into this pool, um, it's very hard to, to crawl out <laughs> in a good way. You are reeled back in many, many times 
but again, in a good way that you don't want to leave. Um, you know, when I changed locations of where I was living, thinking, well, I'll still be involved in some volunteer work, I found when I moved to Roanoke, Virginia, that there were people in my community who had Huntington's disease, lots of people in my community. So it was kind of one of these, I wasn't even looking, but you know, they, they sort of found me again and, and reeled me back in so that I would say, hey, we need a Huntington's disease program. Now, I know that that's not going to happen everywhere and with every person, but I think you're right. It is about mentoring and being able to say, um, I'm willing to work with people and I'm willing to mentor people or just getting involved in different um, agencies or centers where they have people like myself who are very involved in, and have a lot of knowledge about working with families and patients uh, impacted by Huntington's disease. And I think that the passion is something that it's, it's innate. It's not something that per se you can learn. You know, when you get involved in this community, you, you fall in love with the community. And I think that that is a big part of it. I think you need to have that first. Then the knowledge and the experience does come later. You know, it, it's hard to box up everything that's in my head or somebody else in the, in the community who's been in here for a really long time. But I think over time being able to be exposed to that, to say, okay, I'm going to go to professional training. I'm going to go to lectures. I'm going to look online to see what people are doing and to get an idea of, you know, maybe I, I don't have a lot of knowledge in talking to kids about Huntington's disease. Who can I reach out to? Who can I say, what do you suggest? This is an interest of mine. Where can I go from here? It, it's really going to be about um, asking those questions and reaching out to people to start networking. And, and I think that that could be one helpful way. Absolutely. So in all of your years of being a social worker, what has been the most memorable? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, as I mentioned, it, it's, it's almost 30 years of being a social worker and 26 you know, or so years of working in this community. Um, I, I think it's not one thing, Lauren. I think it's, there's a few things that stand out in my mind, and some are generalizations, such as I'm, I'm on the third generation of, of working with people um, who have Huntington's disease in their family, meaning that you know, the people that I've met, 20-plus years ago, came in maybe because their parent had Huntington's disease and, and were symptomatic, and they wanted to be tested. So I got to know them. And then when they were tested, and if they were positive, some if they're negative, you know, I would continue to work with. But if they were positive, working with them over the years, and now knowing that their children are adults and asking questions. Um, or they're asking questions about how to, you know, negotiate that new phase of their life that their children are now in relationships and, and um, not asking questions about Huntington's disease. So for me, knowing that I have the trust of people over three generations, that, that means a lot to me. Um, I'm still working with people from way back then, you know, in my private practice who have sought me out to say, I want to continue to work with you, or the people that just know um, of me through lectures worldwide. And I guess, well, one thing, one thing does stick out a little bit is, as you mentioned, you know, I've written a book called Talking to Kids About Huntington's Disease. And the first issue that I wrote was back in um, the early 2000s. 
and I gave a lecture, um, as I do on, on this topic as well as other topics, and a woman came up to me and, and said that I've been carrying around your book for six or seven years, and, and you changed my life. Um, that, that's powerful. I, I, I'm not in this to get a pat on my back or, you know, have someone say you did a good job. That, that's not what's important to me. I'm passionate about what I do. And knowing that I could have changed the trajectory of somebody's life, of somebody who maybe the generations were people who did not talk about this, and finally had someone saying, I, I have the tools now, um, that, that means a lot. And, and certainly the work that I've done with HDO, especially at the North American camps, you know, prior to COVID and prior to everything shutting down, um, myself and, and my husband, Bob Tressman, were staff at all of the North American camps where we had um, almost 50 young people throughout the United States and Canada with us for four days. And, and the impact that I can see, the difference that we were making, knowing that you would see a young person walk into that setting very frightened and feeling very alone. And four days later, knowing that they had 50 people that they could text, you know, direct message, anything, contact, call, get together with that they now consider family. Um, watching all of that happening and, and having played a part in that, you know, that, that's why I do this. I, I want people to know that they're not alone. I want people to know that there are people to help them and to guide them and that they don't have to be afraid, even though this disease is scary, that there, that there are people who can help to guide them through this and who can help to um, help them through their journey. I can't change the, the outcome. Um, I know that the scientists and doctors are working really hard to work on, on some of those things, but I can certainly make it a little bit better and I can let people know that what they're feeling is, is normal and that there are ways to cope with this, as I said, to, to create more tools for their toolbox so that they can walk on this journey. Um, and, and know that there are people walking with them. Yeah, and, and I've got to say, Dr. Bonnie, that in your almost 30 years of helping this community, you have been a lifesaver for me as well. And, um, you know, you are somebody who's pushed for quality of life, and you've pushed for um, breaking the stigma, right, of that fear and, and yeah. being more open about about things. And you know, even my children, they're very young right now, but even now at their ages, they're still being exposed to Huntington's. Um, so I do yeah. think that you are uh, a life-changing person, and you have truly shaped the future for several of us. And I certainly appreciate everything that you have done um, over the years um, and absolutely wanted to recognize you today for um, National or World Social Work Day because I just feel that um, – you have just been in, instrumental in so many ways throughout the years in providing help and a quality of life to people with HD. I'm, I'm speechless, Lauren. I, I just, I'm, I'm actually glad we're not on video right now. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's nothing wrong with crying and there's nothing wrong with all of this, but uh, I think I'm an ugly crier, so that, that's, um, that means a lot to me. Um, as I said, I, I don't do this um, um, for, for those reasons. That, that's, that's not why I do this. But uh, to know what I'm doing matters um, is, is, is something for all of us. And all of those social workers out there, what you do matters. 
Um, and, and I think that I really appreciate your words and knowing that um, I'm doing good for people. Absolutely. Um, for those listening, please make sure that you thank a social worker today um, and every day when you see them where they help you with anything. Um, I, you know, I I have to give kudos to HD Reach as well because here in North Carolina, um, their social workers have worked so hard to help families and, you know, they they are an amazing resource and, you know, I just do have to do a shout out to them because they've been very helpful over the years as well. Um, So absolutely thank a social worker today and uh, send them just a little note saying thank you for what you do and for providing help. Um, Dr. Bonnie, do you have any final thoughts before I let you go today? Um, First of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity um, to thank all those social workers out there. And I think to the patients and the families, I know it's hard, but please reach out. We really can offer you assistance. And I know it takes a lot of courage to pick up the phone. That's one of the first things I say to people when they call me is, I know this is hard. Um, But I think that if you are able to pick up the phone and to reach out, even if if you're at risk, if you're not at risk but you know someone with Huntington's disease, if you're a patient themselves, I think just picking up the phone just to say, I just want to touch base with somebody. I just want to make sure all of my needs are met. You might not even know what questions to ask, but that's okay because sometimes we know the questions to ask and we play detective a little bit just when you're calling about one thing. Sometimes we're going to take you down a little bit of a path so that you can tell your story and your story matters and can be not only helpful to yourself to tell that, but to somebody else who you might never meet. So, you know, please do pick up the phone and reach out to us. We are here, and, and we want to help. And I, especially now during this pandemic and the two years in where people are still isolated, I think it's really important just to know that, that we are here and that you're not alone. So, so reach out any way you possibly can through any of these organizations, through any of these centers, through any of these medical facilities. Please do reach out because we want to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, And I will say probably one of the best lists I've seen as far as social workers um, or being able to navigate a website and it not being too complicated, HDSA has um, a little um, find a social worker map thing on their website. Um, And you can always reach out to help for HD. HDEO um, is also a really great resource. Um, But Also remember that most places have local chapters or affiliates um, or centers of excellence, and so you can reach out to them. You can reach out to, um, if you don't have one in your state, then you can certainly reach out to the regional manager for HDSA. I know that they have resources as well um, or the main office So um, because there is a a dedicated person for that on the um, national level for HDSA as well. So, there, there are a million ways that you can find them. Um, it's just really getting on there and doing it. And like Dr. Bonnie said, it can be very hard to do that, but it also can end up being very rewarding for you. So um, take advantage of the resources that we have in the HD community. Um, so before I let uh, Dr. Bonnie go, I just want to give a few updates. Make sure to tune in March 24th. I'm going to have Dr. Hayden of Perlenia on. And on March 31st, 
um, Autumn and London are going to be coming on to talk about Autumn's Sweet 16 party. I believe today is actually Autumn's birthday, so happy birthday, Autumn. Happy birthday. 16. Um, and also save the date. Um, Help for HD is having an in-person hype event on April 30th in Sacramento, California. You can register on the website, www.help4hd.org. And uh, I believe they're also going to make some of those um, those talks available online. So um, those are my updates for today. I hope everybody has a great week. And until next week, take care and love you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.